Stephen Blandino and welcome to another episode of Leader Fluent. Today I'm excited to talk to you about a subject that I'm pretty passionate about and that is how to discover your life mission. I'm always amazed at how this topic strikes a chord with so many people. In fact, over the years, I've discovered that no matter the age and no matter the generation, most people have wrestled with the question, what was I made to do? That's what we're focused on in this episode of Leader Fluent. And be sure to stick around to the very end because I'm going to share with you a couple of practical resources that will help you and your friends take the discovery of your life mission to the next level. So thanks for listening and I hope you enjoy today's episode. What was I made to do? That question has haunted people of every age and every walk of life for thousands of years. And while there's nothing wrong with that question, I actually believe there's a second question, maybe a better question, if you will, that will help you discover your life mission. And that better question is, how did God design me? You see, in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10, the Apostle Paul is writing, and this is what he says. He said, for we are God's handiwork created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. Now, I want you to notice something. Not only did God create you to do good works, but he also prepared those good works in advance. Well, in advance of what? In advance of you. So when God made you, he did so with your good works already in mind. And because he made you with your good works in mind, he placed inside of you the traits you would need to fulfill those good works. That's why Paul said, we are God's handiwork. So rather than just asking, what was I made to do? I would encourage you to ask, how did God design me? Because when you understand how God designed you, it will actually give you clues that help you understand what you were made to do. So think about it like a puzzle. When you dump a puzzle on a table, what's the first thing you do? I don't know about you, but, but I'm guessing you probably start turning over all the pieces of the puzzle. Why? Because you want to see the different shapes and colors so you can connect the pieces of the puzzle together, right? So, so life mission is the same way. The more pieces of the puzzle you turn over, the more you begin to discover the common themes and the common patterns in how God designed you. You start to see how they connect together to help you fulfill a specific mission in life. So that obviously raises a question, what kind of puzzle pieces do you need to turn over to help you clarify your life mission? Well, let me take a few moments and share with you four of those puzzle pieces today. Now there's there's more and and we could dig deeper, but but for the sake of time, let me focus on four that I think are really uh, re really oftentimes, uh, come to the surface as, as some of the most important, some of the most profound, some of the most impactful. The first one is experience. Our experience quickly reveals what we're good at and if we're honest, what we stink at, right? In other words, when you reflect on your past experience, you quickly discover where you've experienced success and where you've experienced failure. So let me give you a little exercise that you can do to help you pinpoint your areas of success. Complete the following statements. Here's the first one. I have always excelled at, complete that statement. Or here's another one. I feel most fulfilled when I, or here's another. Others consistently compliment my ability to, 
or I seem to add the most value to others when I, or I regularly experience success in, complete each of those statements because how you complete those statements will reveal where you've experienced the most success. And those areas of success are not an accident. God wired you with those traits to excel in those areas. Now, here's the thing about those statements. You can also apply these statements to your areas of weakness. For example, you could say, I have never excelled at, or I feel most unfulfilled when I, or others never compliment my ability to, or I seem to add the least value to others when I, or I regularly experience failure in. Again, how you complete those statements is going to point to the areas of weakness or failure. You see, the value of reflecting on both, on both your successes and your failures, is that it helps you narrow the circle of your life mission. It helps you throw out the things that you know, this is not what God wired me for. This is, what not, this is not what God designed me for. So in what areas have you experienced the most success? Your answers to that question will give clues to how God wired you. Let's talk about the second puzzle piece. The second puzzle piece is destiny markers. I learned the concept of destiny markers from my friend Steve Moore. A destiny marker is an event, experience, relationship, or circumstance that reminds you that God has a specific purpose for your life or it provides clues to what that purpose might be. Now, here's the thing. Destiny markers can come in a variety of forms. For example, a destiny marker might be a formative relationship in your life, like a, like a relationship that has deeply shaped who you are today. Or a destiny marker might be a personal milestone, something significant that happened in your past or, or even something that you might have achieved. Or a destiny marker might be a providential occurrence. In other words, maybe, maybe God miraculously spared your life from an accident. Or maybe, maybe someone shared a word of encouragement with you that profoundly impacted your life. All of these are examples of destiny markers. So let me share with you a personal destiny marker in my life that, that might help you kind of wrap your head around this whole idea. And this comes from, from my childhood. And, and I realize that as I share this, you, you're going to hear it and you might think that that's kind of crazy. Like that doesn't mean anything to me and that's okay, but it means something to me. Okay. I remember whenever I was maybe eight or nine years old, um, I, I was at the mall with my mom and I remember seeing this spiral notebook pad of paper and, and I began pestering my mom to buy it for me. And, and I just kept asking and asking her to, to buy this spiral notebook pad of paper. It was just a, it's just a spiral notebook with lined paper and it. it was all blank. And the reason I wanted her to buy it for me is because I wanted to write a book. And I remember the name of the book, and you're going you're gonna to think this is funny, but, but the, the name of the book was going to be called The Golden River, okay? And no, it's not on Amazon, and no, it's not uh, in Barnes & Noble or anything like that. But I remember, I remember going home. My mom bought that notebook for me. I went home, and I remember writing like maybe a page of text. That was all. And then I drew this picture of the river with all these little pieces of gold on the banks of the river. And, and, uh, and, and so... Here's the reason why that's a destiny marker for me. That's the earliest seed that I can remember from my past related to my love and my passion for writing. 
I love to write and and today I've written tons of articles on my blog and for some magazines and and uh, several books that I've written and and I believe that it's part of God's mission part of God's purpose and plan for my life and as I reflect on my past I can trace back the the origins of that all the way back to that moment when I was pestering my mom to buy me that spiral notebook pad of paper. Now, again, you may think, Stephen, that's crazy. That, 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 like, why would you even do that? Here's the deal. Destiny markers don't have to be important to anybody but you. And so as you reflect on your past, what are the seeds of destiny that God has been sowing in your past that today remind you God does have a purpose for my life? And today they remind you not only God has a purpose for your life, but they might actually give you clues to what that purpose is. What do destiny markers do? Again, they reveal how God has been at work in your past. They reveal the seeds of destiny God has been sowing all throughout your life. So if you want to discover your life mission, take time to think about your destiny markers, those things in your past that God has been sowing in your life, because I'm telling you, they're significant and God can often use those to help us see how he's been at work in our lives, even in those moments when we think he has not, even in those moments when we think he's forgotten us, even in those moments when you might even feel like, was God even around? Did he abandon me? I'm telling you, there are moments where he's been sowing those seeds of destiny and it's worth taking time to reflect on them and their significance for your life today. Here's the third um, key here, the third puzzle piece, and that is giftedness. In Exodus chapter 35 and 36, Moses mobilizes a team of people to help construct the sanctuary. And at the end of Exodus 35, we find a powerful passage of scripture that records the words of Moses to the people of Israel. This is what Moses said. He said, the Lord has filled Bezalel with the spirit of God, giving him great wisdom, ability, and expertise in all kinds of crafts. He is a master craftsman, expert in working with gold, silver, and bronze. He is skilled in engraving and mounting gemstones and in carving wood. He is a master at every craft. And the Lord has given both him and Aholiab, son of Ahissamach, of the tribe of Dan, the ability to teach their skills to others. The Lord has given them special skills as engravers, designers, embroiderers in blue, purple, and scarlet thread on fine linen cloth and weavers. They excel as craftsmen and as designers. Now, what is Moses doing in this passage? He's describing in detail the giftedness of Bezalel and Oholiab. And in the same way God gifted these two men, God has also given each one of us gifts, abilities, and skills. So how do you know for sure if you have a particular gift or ability or skill? Because I don't know about you, there's probably been those times when you've thought, is this a strength of mine? Is this something that, that, that God's gifted me with, but maybe you're not sure? So, so let me give you a simple litmus test, if you will, on, on how you might consider if you really do have a certain gift, ability, or skill. Here's how it works. You know you have a gift, ability, or skill when you can say, I am satisfied, God is glorified, Others are edified and gifting is verified. Let me unpack that for you. First off, you, you know you have a gift, ability, or skill when you can say, I am satisfied. In other words, you have this internal sense 
of fulfillment as you use your gift. That doesn't mean that maybe you you don't experience, you know, moments of, of nervousness. That's normal. But but deep down, there's a sense that you're satisfied. You're doing what you were created to do. Here's the other one. God is glorified. And this really has to do with your motives for using the gift and, and really assessing, are my motives pleasing God? The third one is others are edified. In other words, other people or, or situations that you're involved in are encouraged or strengthened whenever you use that gift. And then the last one is that gifting is verified. And that simply means that, that, that you'll receive positive, unsought feedback from others when you use that gift. Now, all four of these statements may not yet be true, okay? But the more of them that, that come to the surface, the more uh, these begin to, to unfold in a way that they are true in your life, the greater the likelihood that God has truly gifted you in a specific ability, skill, or gift. And it may just be that you need more experience before you can confidently say, yes, this is a gift in my life. So, so ask yourself, what are my natural abilities, acquired skills, and spiritual gifts? When you can answer that question, you're able to turn over another piece of your life purpose puzzle. Okay, let me touch on one final puzzle piece, and that is passions. In the same passage from Exodus where God gave Moses instructions for the construction of the sanctuary, we read these words from Exodus 36 verse 2. It says, And Moses called Bezalel and Aholiab, and every craftsman in whose mind the Lord had put skill, everyone whose heart stirred him up to come do the work. I love that phrase, whose heart stirred him up, because that phrase is all about passion. You see, passions are like those deep interests or issues that drive you. Let me say that again. Passions are like those deep interests or issues that drive you. In fact, when it comes to passion, it's been said that a person will work eight hours a day for a paycheck. They'll work 12 hours a day for a good boss, but they'll work 24 hours a day for a cause. Your passion is your cause. So let me ask you, what needs move you to action? What problems do you feel compelled to solve? What activities like really engage your heart? Is there a group of people that, that you feel called to serve? Those kinds of questions will help you pinpoint your greatest passions. Here's another way to pinpoint your passions, and that is listen to yourself talk. Listen to yourself talk. Now, I know that probably sounds strange, but, but follow me on this. Um, in his book, Ladder Shifts, Dr. Sam Chand offers a really good example of this idea of, of listening to yourself talk, and, and he shares the example from the life of Bill Gates. Dr. Chand references an article in his book written a few years ago in New York Magazine to, to prove this point, and this is what he said. Dr. Chand writes, when Gates started Microsoft, you'd hear his passion about his work whenever he spoke. Talk with him today. However, and you might be surprised to find that his passion has shifted. That's exactly what one writer from New York Magazine discovered while listening to Gates speak not long after he stepped down as Microsoft CEO to run the Gates Foundation. It was clear to all in the auditorium that software no longer got Gates's juices pumping the way his work at the foundation did, the article said. Technology questions were answered quickly, 
without passion, whereas questions about global health elicited lengthy disquisitions full of detail and emotion. The way he talked about wiping out malaria was how he used to talk about wiping out Netscape. So, so think about that for a moment. Listen to yourself speak because, because when do you hear the most energy in your voice? When you can identify those moments when the energy in your voice is there and something is rising up inside of you, uh, it begins to reveal the things that matter to you most. You see, sometimes you don't see your passion as much as you hear your passion. So, there, there you have it. Four puzzle pieces to help you begin the journey to discovering your life mission. Experience, destiny markers, giftedness, and passions. Now, life mission doesn't end with these four puzzle pieces, but they're a great place to start. And once you turn over these puzzle pieces, you can start looking for the common themes that emerge. And those common themes are what are going to give you clues to the mission God has called you to fulfill. Well, I hope today's lesson helps you begin the journey of discovering your life mission. And if you'd like to dig deeper on this subject, let me recommend a couple of helpful resources that I've developed. The first one is that I've written a book titled Do Good Works, as well as a free six-session study guide that you can use in a small group setting with your friends or your coworkers. And here's the deal. You can purchase the book on Amazon, or you can go to dogoodworksbook.com where you can learn more about the book as well as access the six-session study guide. It's a great resource to help you turn over the puzzle pieces of your life purpose and, and really begin to flesh it out into a compelling life mission statement. Second, if you're wanting coaching in this area to, to really clarify your life purpose and then help you craft that purpose into a life mission statement, I'd love to help you. In fact, let me share just a quick testimony from Jake, who walked through my Do Good Works coaching last year. Jake said this, he said, while in a season of uncertainty toward ministry and my personal calling, Stephen's coaching and his Do Good Works framework were just what I needed to see clearly the purpose God has placed on my life. In each session, Stephen not only helped me identify the good works God has called me to do, but he also provided insight on how to seize the opportunities in my life where my purpose might be maximized. So if you'd like to learn more about coaching, you can simply visit stephenblandino.com. And again, if you want to learn more about the Do Good Works book or the free discussion guide download, you can do so at dogoodworksbook.com. Hey, whether you're listening on iTunes or Pandora, Spotify, whatever your favorite podcasting platform is, thanks so much for tuning in. And as always, thanks for your ratings and reviews. They really do make a difference. I look forward to having you back next month for another edition of the Leader Fluent Podcast.